welcome back to another episode of the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you back to episode 23. I'd like to first start by wishing any fathers who happen to be listening a happy Father's Day, because it's Father's Day. So even if you are not listening to this on Father's Day, I hope that you had a wonderful Father's Day. And if you're a father, and especially if you're a good one, which I'm sure you are, I hope that you know that the impact that you have on the lives of your children is a fantastic and extraordinarily important impact. So, bravo to you, and we're here to celebrate you today. Now, as I've shared before, this is not Father's Day in Italy. Now, it's Father's Day in the United States, where my father is from, but it's not Father's Day here in Italy. You may recall that Father's Day in Italy is celebrated on March 19th, which is the festival of San Giuseppe, St. Joseph, the father of Jesus. But in most of the world, today is Father's Day. And so we are celebrating today sort of as though it is Father's Day. So I hope that all of you whose fathers are still living are able to celebrate or at least reach out and have a wonderful connection with your father today. And those of you whose fathers are no longer living, I hope that you're able to spend the day just remembering the wonderful times and memories that you have with your fathers. And I know that fathers can be a real source of joy and encouragement and love some cases that's not always the case some of us didn't all some some of us didn't have fathers that were so wonderful to us so for those of you who didn't have fathers who are so wonderful i hope that you have that person in your life who whether it was a grandfather or an uncle or a mentor of some kind i hope that you're able to reach out and let whoever that person in your life know how important they've been in shaping and and helping you develop into the person that you are today. I'm certainly very grateful for my father. He's a fantastic man. And even though we did have our years where we weren't terribly close, um, and I don't get to see him often as as I certainly wish I could, I want to wish my own father a happy Father's Day as well. So happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. I wish I was there with you in California today, but I look forward to talking to you on the phone a little bit later today. And in fact, while I was in California... I gave my dad and my mom both their mother and father's day gift, which was a painting that I painted of their ranch in California. The view of their ranch and an alfalfa field looking towards the mountains that are the coastal mountains kind of heading towards the Pacific Ocean. So in fact, in our surrounding sounds for today, I am going to include the sound of me giving that painting of the ranch to my parents and their reaction to it. So you can stay tuned to the end of the episode for that. So again, happy Father's Day to everyone And I hope that it is a beautiful day for you wherever you are celebrating Father's Day in the world today. So I'd like to, before we get into today's episode, I would like to very quickly welcome three new countries where we have listeners that have joined in the past week. And so this week, I would like to welcome the countries of Saudi Arabia, Guatemala, and Israel. So welcome to Saudi Arabia, Guatemala, and Israel. We're so happy to have you here joining us. I'm thrilled that you're part of our family of listeners. So 
It has been exactly one week since we have returned to Italy, and I must say it is a very different Italy than the Italy that we left. We left during a severe lockdown and came back to a nearly completely reopened country. And that certainly is fantastic. In fact, Alessandro is, as I record this, taking his mother to get her final shot of the vaccine. And so Italy is becoming very, very highly vaccinated. People of many ages are getting vaccinated all the way down to teenagers now. And there are multiple vaccines. I just heard that the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and that some of the other vaccines that were available in the United States are now available here. And so there's multiple options and multiple choices. And so it's, it's good news. And I'm just so grateful that, that we now have the option of doing some things that we didn't have the option of doing before. And one of those things, of course, that I'm very happy about is the fact that there's no longer a 10 o'clock curfew at night. There's no curfew whatsoever now. So you can stay out as late as you want, which is just fantastic because I'm kind of a night owl. And sort of in celebration of that, I took a midnight walk the other night because I happened to be up late and I was out walking very late and I walked up to the castle. There was a very, very beautiful crescent moon and it was very bright red and I'm not sure if it was setting or rising I'm not, I don't know actually because it was so low to the horizon and then and then I lost sight of it as I was climbing the hill but anyway it was just so peaceful and the weather here is warm but it's not hot and so it was just so nice to be able to walk up the hill to the castle without having to worry about wearing a mask outside and worry about having to be back home by 10 o'clock. It was just, it was just lovely. So it was very, very nice. There are still some people that are wearing masks outdoors here, and you do have to wear a mask when you go into stores and restaurants. And then of course, when you're sitting down, then you can take the mask off. The movie theaters are, are now reopening here as well. And so it's just, It's just so, so nice. And one of the things that I'm also excited about is the fact that gyms have reopened here. And so I spent part of this week out visiting different gyms and getting prices and and do they have swimming pools and, and so on and so forth. It is a very interesting process to join a gym in, in Italy. And it's a little bit unlike joining a gym in the United States. It's definitely a different approach. Of course, I didn't go alone. Alessandro went with me and we went to three different gyms. And the first one we went to, instead of being able to just sign up and say, okay, I'd like to join this gym. It looks great. You know, uh, what's, what can I join it for three months or can I join it for six months? It was no, you have to schedule an appointment and come back and meet with someone. And so I thought, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. All right. So let's go to the next gym. So we went to the next gym and this very, very nice man helped us. And the gym is filled. The, the gyms here in Italy are filled with the leanest, most muscular Italians that don't look like the kind of people that even need to be in a gym. <laughs> and in I walk, you know, this 
kind of robust American. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, this is going to be a very interesting experience, but it actually looks really, really great. I'm, I'm excited. So this, this, the second gym that we went to, it was quite, quite a bit more expensive than I expected a gym to be. And it was about for three months, it was like almost $300. And I, I mean, I, you pay a fraction of that in the United States. I wonder if that's because so many Americans sign up for gyms and then just don't go. They're able to charge less. And I think if Italians sign up at a gym, they probably actually go to the gym. I don't know. That's just, that's just a, that's just a guess. I'm not trying to hate on Americans. I love Americans, but I, I found it to be very interesting. There are also other approaches here that you don't really find so much in, in a lot of gyms in the United States. I know there's a whole bunch of different types of gyms in the States, but here I've found that, that the gyms, they really want you to work out with a trainer. It also seemed in, in a few of these gyms that the price of the trainer is just automatically built in. So it's almost like a place for where you automatically can employ trainers. And so people who are going to pay to go to a gym, they're not going to have the possibility of having failure at, at a gym quite the same way you would if you were just given a gym membership and, and a pass to just come and go as you please. And so at each of these gyms, it became very apparent that I was going to have to spend some time and really meet with someone and do a full analysis of what I needed to do. Now, I, I don't really feel like that's necessary for me because I, even though I'm not in the best shape of my life right at the moment, in the past, I, I have been in very good shape and I do know how to work out at a gym and I have had several trainers in the past and had a lot of luck with them, but I do kind of know how to work out now. And I do kind of appreciate being able to turn on an audiobook or some music and work out kind of on my own terms. But I don't know how likely that's going to be here, but we're going to, we're going to try. We're going to go back tomorrow on Monday and, and go to the final place that I, that I really liked. It's actually a, a local city gym. And so it's not quite as commercial and it seemed like it. And they also have a swimming pool there. And it was the only one that had a swimming pool. So I love to swim as well. And so that I think is going to be the one that we go to. The price was even better. And so I do have to have a meeting and I do have to kind of do a whole analysis and a check. So I'm going to see, it's probably going to be good for me, but I don't know. I, I'm resistant of it for some reason. I'll let you know how it goes. By next week, I will be, I will be one week into attending a gym and I will tell you how it goes. I definitely found out that you need to have what's called a fiscal code in order to get a gym membership here. You have to be able to give them your fiscal code, which is the equivalent kind of of our social security number in the United States. I don't technically have my fiscal code yet, but the interesting thing about a fiscal code is everybody's fiscal code, it's a, it's a multi-digit number. It's somewhere around Oh, probably a dozen, a dozen characters long, a combination of numbers and letters. And it's determined by the letters in your first and last name and the second and third letters or something like that of your first and last name, and then your birth date. And then, the, and then 
a country code and a city code from where you were born. So it's kind of like it would almost be impossible or virtually impossible for anyone to have an identical fiscal code of someone else because the chances of you having all of these corresponding numbers and letters would be practically impossible because there's so many of these numbers. So fortunately, Alessandro figured out how to calculate my fiscal code. So I now have it. So even when I get my residency and they, they give me in my, my official card that would have my fiscal code on it, it would be the same as the number that Alessandro calculated for me. And so you need that in order to get a gym here. In fact, you need that to get a lot of things. I also found out this week I've been trying to get a post office box because I found that a lot of people in the United States when I visited are wanting my mailing address and every time I'm around family or friends everybody seems to ask for me for a mailing address and I'm still kind of trying to figure out what our permanent address is going to be here. So I didn't want to give anybody our kind of temporary address and then I just have to go and change it with everybody. So I've been telling everybody, you know, just just wait until I buy a place and, and I'll be able to tell you my my permanent address. I've also had some of you wonderful listeners tell me that you'd like to send something to me and I'd like to have an address that I can give you guys that have you send something to me. And I found that you need a fiscal code also to open a PO box here. And it's about $100 a year to have a post office box in Italy. And so I'm in the process of getting one of those. So I will let you know how that goes. And having a P.O. box up here in the northern part of Italy, I think would be great because we aren't going to be here in the northern part of Italy moving forward too terribly much. We're going to be, of course, splitting our time you know, with the southern part of Italy, which I think we're going to be spending more time. I'm still kind of honestly playing this all by ear because I don't really, I don't really know how our life is going to unfold. I know that Alessandro loves the South. I love the South. And so we're just kind of trying to figure out where we're going to be. So anyway, every time someone asks me for my mailing address, I kind of, it kind of like, stresses me out a little bit because I'm just like, I don't have one yet. I'm working on it, but I don't have one yet. So anyway, fortunately, as of this week, we are getting one and I will be looking forward to sharing that with you. Speaking of the South and traveling down to the South, I'm very excited because next month, after we take care of some business here in the Northern part of Italy, we are going to be traveling down and checking out southern Italy and looking at some properties that we've been wanting to see for a long time, but we haven't been able to because of the lockdowns. I'm very excited about that. And so that's actually going to correspond very nicely with the premiere of season two. And so season two will be starting as we are, I believe, Now, I believe, you know, you never know what could happen, but keeping my fingers crossed, I'm hoping that season two starts as we are heading down or maybe in southern Italy and starting that hunt for some properties. And as I've talked to you about the different regions of Italy in the past, I'm really looking forward to visiting some regions that I've never visited before. So I'm looking forward to sharing those new regions as we make our way down Italy. I think we're going to be driving. I kind of prefer driving. Alessandro would rather just fly and just be there. But then you have to rent a car. And I don't know. I just feel like you have 
a little bit less flexibility when you when you have a rental car versus when you have your own car. You don't have to worry about where you're going to return it and when you're going to return it and all that. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that. And just today, Alessandro mentioned to me that this would be a good time to go and visit Croatia. And Croatia is about a two and a half or three hour drive from where we are here near Venice. And so I've never been to Croatia and I'm very excited. So we might do a long weekend trip, like a four day trip to Croatia in the next few weeks before we do that trip down to Southern Italy. So that'll be fun. I'm excited about that. I've been wanting to visit Croatia for a long time and Alessandro loves it there. He says that they are some of the most hospitable people that he's ever met. And during the summer, they make a lot of their income during the summer months from renting out their homes and their apartments and their villas to travelers and tourists. And I can only imagine how the last year of that they had without any tourists, I can't even imagine how, how difficult that must have been for them as a, as a whole, as for a country, as well as many places in the world, of course. Alessandro told me that there's a very interesting system that happens in, in these villages in Croatia. You, you drive into the village and there's a little sort of booth where you pull up the person in the booth asks you, okay, what kind of a place are you looking for? How many, how many people are in your group? And then he gets on the phone and calls different local places and say, Hey, do you have a room to rent? Or do you have a, a, an apartment or a house that you'd like to rent out to these travelers? And then he gives you, I think he either gives you the address or you're taken there or someone comes and meets you. Anyway, the point is the Croatian people are very, very hospitable. And during the summer months, some of the, some of the families are the people that rent out houses. They actually rent out their own house and they move up onto the roof of their house and sort of camp out on their roof while they rent out their home to travelers, which sounds very interesting to me. It sounds a little stressful <laughs> to me. The fact that I know that I'm in someone's house while they're on the roof and they're probably very comfortable on the roof. Okay. So let's just be clear that when in these Mediterranean countries, the rooftop is very different than, than the roofs in countries like the United States or Great Britain or Canada. You know, those roofs are to keep snow and the rain out of your house. They're not, they're not a, a place that you go and sleep on the roof. And the roofs here, because the houses are stone or stucco, they're flat and they're oftentimes places where you can go on and, and spend time and, and have like a, a terrace on top of your, your home or your roof. So they kind of double as like a terrace or a deck. So anyway, so that, that's, the, that's where they are. They're not just laying on some angled roof in a sleeping bag or something, something crazy. So yeah, I'm excited about those two potential experiences of traveling and checking out those new areas. And I will certainly keep you posted on how that's going in the upcoming episodes. It's very interesting to come back from traveling, especially when you've been gone for a length of time, like five weeks. If you're only gone for a handful of days, it's different. But when you leave for five weeks and then you come back and you try to get back into your routines, it takes a little while for your sleep patterns to go back to normal. I've been waking up every morning around three or four o'clock in the morning and 
basically not able to go to sleep and I've been really tired. I actually don't mind waking up really early. In fact, it's kind of nice. I, I don't really like waking up at four o'clock, but I've been able to stay in bed until about five o'clock most mornings, but I'm waking up very early, going for walks, which is super nice. It's just the weather is much warmer than it was when we left. And so it's just, it's just, it's been nice, but it is, it is definitely an adjustment to be gone and have to sort of reset your habits. But it's also interesting how, because we had sort of somewhat of, of a schedule while we were here, even though we were kind of still locked down and we, our schedule was kind of limited to certain things. It just feels so good to be back into the walking routine. I wasn't able to do a whole lot of walking in the States because I just didn't have the areas to go walking. Many places in the United States are just not set up for walking because we just don't really walk that much in the States, unfortunately, unless you live in a big city. I'm happy to be back. I'm kind of learning that it takes about a full week to really get back into the swing of things. Another thing that kind of made this week a bit challenging for getting back into my regular routine was I have a a little kind of irritating situation with my sciatic nerve and it it's very, very unpredictable what will set it off, but the sciatic nerve goes down your back and then splits and goes down both of your legs. And people that suffer from sciatic issues tend to have problems in their legs. And I have been dealing with sciatic pain, mainly my left leg, for about 10 years. The quick story of what happened is one time I was in my, I was in my 20s and I was, you know, uh, going a little crazy one night with drinking. I've never been much of a drinker, but one night I drank a whole lot of Jack Daniels whiskey and we were in some sort of drinking competition or something. I don't know. There was, there was some craziness going on with the Jack Daniels and I drank too much and ended up getting sick. And then the next morning I was supposed to fly with my parents and my sister to a wedding in Idaho And my dad is a pilot, and so he had just bought this new plane. It was a plane that's very comfortable, but the seats are not the kind of seats that you can, like, lay down in. You can recline them, but you can't lay down in them. And I showed up to the airport to meet my parents, and I don't know if they could tell that I was still hungover or probably still drunk, but... (laughs) I got in to the plane and was wearing my sunglasses and my dad, of course, wanted me to sit in the front seat with him and be his co-pilot. And I was just like, I told my sister, I can't, I can't do it. I drank too much. I can't sit up there with him right now. I, I don't trust myself. I might get sick. I, and I also can't even keep my eyes open. So can you please sit up in the front with dad? So my sister, Hillary, she was, um, she was amazing. She's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. So she goes and sits in the front uh, by my dad. And I sat in the back with my mom and I of course passed out. And then I woke up in Idaho as we landed and something about the way I had slept all twisted and weird and, and sort of trying to lay across two different seats in the back of the plane. Uh, Something about that really did a number on my sciatic nerve. And so ever since then, I have had kind of this reoccurring chronic sciatic problem and it'll it'll just flare up at the weirdest times 
and it doesn't always flare up when I'm flying, but for some reason on this past flight, the seat of the plane was unusually uncomfortable. It was, a, anyway, it was a different seat. I've never sat on a, on a style of seat like that on a plane. It must have been a different model of, of plane that we were flying in, but something about that seat, I was not able to, to get into a comfortable position. And by the time I got off the flight, I could feel, there's always this little twinge that you can feel like, it's like a little warning that says, just so you know, you're going to be in sciatic pain for a little while. And sure enough, by the time I got home and took a nap and woke up from that nap, I could feel that the muscles around my sciatic nerve basically had gotten tight and were squeezing it. And that's where most of the pain that comes from sciatica or sciatic issues comes from muscles inflamed and tightened around the nerve and then that causes pain so so uh off and on for the past about six days um or basically week i have been dealing with that and so i'll go for a walk up the hill and i come down and i'll you know go about my day or sit down and then i and i stand up and i've got pain so i'm grateful because alessandro has been very good about giving me italian medicines. I don't even know what he's giving me. I think it's, I always ask him and he's just like, just take the pill, just take it. It will help you. And so I'm like, okay, he's able to prescribe medicine because he's a doctor technically. And so he's been just taking wonderful care of me and everything he gives me is like magic. And I really don't like to take pills, but about the one exception that I have to taking pills and I've, I've never been on medication in my life. And so I'd like to keep it that way as long as possible. But those of you who have experienced sciatic pain, sometimes you almost can't walk or to walk is so incredibly painful that it's like somebody is jabbing a metal rod into your back or into your hip or your leg. And it is just, it's excruciating. And so the, the muscle relaxers that he's been giving me have been helping and I'm, I'm grateful, but when you when you're dealing with that on top of trying to get back into your your routines that you tried to establish beforehand, yeah, it just kind of it kind of just puts a slight damper on things. So what I've what I'm kind of trying to give myself as an expectation moving forward, I'm sharing all this to let those of you who are planning to move to Italy but also planning to travel and then come back home, you know, to Italy is I think it's fair to give yourself at least a few days, maybe even a week to sort of regroup, get your sleeping back on schedule, uh, adjust to, you know, drinking macchiatos and espressos again. If you haven't been drinking them on your, on, you know, on your trip to the States. In fact, I think I experienced one of my very first caffeine headaches in the United States because I basically went from drinking macchiatos and the occasional espresso here as well as coffee in the morning here. We also we have we make American coffee, just regular black coffee every morning here and then as well during the day, you know, there's there's the occasional espresso or macchiato and in the summer months here, oh they have this wonderful thing called crema cafe, which is basically kind of like a a little frozen coffee drink and that's blended and so it's like um if you're a starbucks fanatic and you've ever had a frappuccino 
they're kind of the consistency of a of a frappuccino as well. So anyway, so right now because the weather is warm, you can get these crema cafes that are just absolutely delicious. So anyway, the point is just readjusting to everything, readjusting to the caffeine intake, readjusting to the food, readjusting to the water, readjusting your your system kind of goes through a whole reset. And those of you who have traveled understand what I'm talking about, but just kind of going from one sort of life to the next life and then back again, you definitely have to kind of, I think it's just only fair to, to give yourself a period of time to sort of just readjust. And I found myself kind of beginning to beat myself up because I have that tendency. I don't like that tendency, but I tend to have that tendency. And I had to just say, okay, now listen, you're trying to recover from sciatic pain and sciatic nerve issues right now. So give yourself a break and you're trying to readjust to a new, to your sleeping patterns. You know, they're all out of whack. So just kind of be kind to yourself and just allow yourself to just ease back into your life here. It's okay. So that's what I've been trying to, trying to make sure that I I'm not too hard on myself and just give myself a bit of a break. So I don't know if you noticed in the last episode, but there were some muffled and kind of poor quality audio. I recorded the episode twice, and each time I recorded it, the audio just didn't sound good. It didn't sound pure, and I found out that it was partly my microphone that I've been using from the beginning as partly my microphone and partly the room that I was recording in. The room I'm recording in right now is where I normally record and that has basically no echoing but the room I recorded in last time had kind of an echo to it because there's not as much furniture in that room. It's the office and so I I kind of had to reset and go back to here where in the living room which is filled with furniture and and carpet and stuff and so it it definitely has a better sound for recording one thing i definitely am going to be doing in the future is setting up a recording room where i specifically record and the room is set up for recording for sound purposes good audio and and so that you don't have these these weird echoes The other thing I'm doing is ordering a new microphone. And so I'm looking forward to having that new microphone here by the time I start season two. So I'd like to see if I can use this current microphone to finish out this season one. And I also brought with me from the United States a new computer. I've been needing a new computer for a while. And so I, in the United States, I I tend to like using Apple products. So you can actually get a better deal buying Apple products in the United States than you do in in Italy because when you're in Italy you're paying in euros and so euros are just about 20 20% higher than the dollar and euros are just in general higher than most currencies so if you can buy a computer in the United States or somewhere else you're probably going to probably going to be better off uh, also just the prices are a little higher so I bought a new computer very excited about that. So I'm actually recording into this audio is going into my new computer. So this will be my first time using that new computer. And then I'm looking forward to getting that new microphone. So anyway, some, some exciting changes to the equipment and that doesn't really mean anything to all of you who are listening, but to me, who 
who uses this equipment every week to record this. It's a, it's a big deal to me. So I'll let you know and you can let me know. So anyway, I apologize about the poor quality of audio from last week. I don't like it when that happens. I, my goal is to improve these recordings and each week get just a tiny bit better when I have an issue like what happened last week where I basically recorded twice and both recordings turned out to be kind of poor quality. I, yeah, anyway, it, that, that went into the beating my beating up of my, of myself a, a little bit last week. So, but anyway, I'm looking forward to using some new equipment and getting some better, better quality sounds to share with you because sound quality, when that is the only thing that we have here really is our sound. Sound quality is very important to me and it needs to be very high. So I, I appreciate you bearing with me in previous episodes, but especially the last one with not really great quality. So one thing I wanted to share with you from this past week was while I was on my back on the couch this week, I was able to catch up on some TV shows. I was able to do some reading and watch a little bit of television and some episodes of some new shows and and I got caught up on a few things I've been wanting to watch because I wasn't able to do a lot of walking. I wasn't able to sit up. And so I was kind of just trying to entertain myself while I recovered. And one of the things I watched was so beautiful. And and I wanted to share it with you. And it is the film that came out in this past Christmas, which is a very sad time for a film to have had a debut because theaters around the world have been closed. And so this film really kind of was under the radar for me. And it was under the radar, I think, for most people. And it was actually filmed entirely in Italy. And it is filmed in Italian. And so I was on Amazon Prime. And so I was scrolling through the options of what you know, what I was going to watch. And I found Pinocchio and I thought, oh, this is interesting. I wonder when this came out. I saw that it had come out at the end of last year and it was actually nominated for two Oscars this past February. And so it didn't win any Oscars, but it was nominated. And the film was a film by Matteo Gargone and it had a lot of wonderful Italian actors in it. And one of the famous actors, of course, is one that many of us probably recognize, which is Roberto Bonini. And he is famous for being in a lot of different films. But one of the most famous films, I think, for Americans and for many people around the world that are not, you know, Italian is the film Life is Beautiful about the father and the son who went through the concentration camp together. And I mean, what a if you've never seen that movie, you absolutely must watch Life is Beautiful with Roberto Benini. And so Roberto Benini is an incredibly talented Italian actor, and he plays Geppetto in this film. And Pinocchio, I'm sure many of us were, were raised on the Disney animated version of Pinocchio, I actually always was kind of afraid to watch it as a kid because it always kind of scared me. There was a lot of stuff in it that that's kind of scary for a, a really little kid. And so it was never really my favorite film, but 
I did enjoy watching it as I got a little bit older, but I kind of had forgotten the story. You know, it's a little boy who was a puppet and then he became a real boy, but I forgot some of the details of the actual story. And wow, this film, and you must watch it in Italian. If you're an Italian, if you're listening to this show, you're an Italian enthusiast, right? And you must watch it in Italian with English subtitles. I mean, if you can, if you speak Italian, just watch it without the subtitles. I probably could have done that and I will do that in the future, but I, I chose to turn on the subtitles just so I could make sure I caught every single word. I don't think I've watched a film in a long time or maybe ever that every single shot, every single camera angle, every single thing that's on the screen in front of you, if you were to freeze it, it looks like a painting. It looks like it could be a, an ancient kind of great master's painting. It is so beautifully filmed. And the costumes and the makeup and the hair, which are the things that this film is actually nominated for an Oscar in those categories, it's just incredible. And it is beautifully done. And the story is beautiful. And I don't think it got a very high rating with a lot of people. And a lot of people don't even know that it existed. I wouldn't have even known that it was that it was even in existence if I hadn't stumbled across it on Amazon Prime. So I highly suggest that you watch it if you if you can, if you have the time and if you have Amazon Prime or, you know, maybe you can download it another way. I'm sure it's available in other places, but what a beautiful beautiful film and kind of a beautiful story and I find it to be very, very poignant, especially today on Father's Day, because this film was certainly about Pinocchio, but it also was about the love of a father and the extent and the great lengths that a loving, wonderful father will go to for a child, even if the child is a foolish child that doesn't really deserve to be to be chased after and to be loved and and so it just was about unconditional love and learning lessons and gratitude and, and it's just uh, yeah i'm not going to continue on and on about pinocchio but i highly recommend you watch it and if you get a chance to watch it please let me know what you think i hope that you enjoyed it as much as i did it's filmed in tuscany and lazio and Puglia. So it's filmed in three different regions of Italy. And it's like you're going on a, a visual sort of tour of Italy, too, in a way. It's just beautiful. So please check it out. I would love to hear what you think. So also this morning, I received some very good news from my sister. She is engaged. And so she is going to be getting married in the next few months. They're going to have kind of a short engagement, so I will be back in California before I expected to be. So anyway, I am looking forward to that, and it'll be really fun to be going to a family wedding again, and and I, I'm looking forward to it. So congratulations to Rachel and Jake. I'm so excited to get to know Jake a little bit better. I got to meet Jake actually crazy, but I got to meet him for the first time. They've been dating since last year, but I hadn't had a chance to meet him. Every time I was in California, he wasn't there. And so I'm just very excited for my sister and excited to have my first brother-in-law. 
in my family. I have some Italian brother-in-laws, but I'm very excited to have my very first brother-in-law in our family because my brothers are all married, but my sisters are not married. So this will be my first sister getting married, and I'm just, I'm excited about that. And I'll probably be helping a bit with the wedding because that's kind of a a career that I had for many years. And so as much as my sister wants and needs my help, I'm very happy to help her. So I'm looking forward to being part of that. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode for this week. And so I would like to share the Italian proverb with you for this week. Il padre è la radice più robusta, il figlio l'albero più promettente. The meaning of that proverb is, the father is the strongest root. The son or the daughter or the child is the most promising tree. So, the father is the strongest root, the child the most promising tree. I thought that was a very poignant Italian proverb, considering that today is Father's Day, even though not a Father's Day in Italy. So, anyway. <laughs> okay, so this that brings us to the surrounding sounds for this episode. Because we were so happy to be back in Italy that is reopened, we had dinner out three nights this week. <laughs> So we went to three different restaurants. So I'm going to be sharing some clips from those times out at the different restaurants with you. So you'll be hearing that. And you might even hear Alessandro talking in English. First night that we went out for dinner, we felt like we had never had dinner out at a restaurant before in our life. It felt like it was our first dinner in our life. We were so happy to be having an Italian dinner out that we probably drank a little too much espresso. Oh, excuse me. Well, we probably did that too, but we probably drank a little too much Prosecco. And uh, so Alessandro, who normally is a very, he's not the most outspoken person. He's very private. So he was uh, definitely um, in performance mode. <laughs> and so I got his permission to to put this in the episode. So you, there's a little a clip of him talking and I honestly don't remember exactly what he was talking about. He was talking about something that we were drinking so the final sound I have is of me giving my mom and dad their mother and father's day gift, which was the very first painting that I painted here in Italy since I started painting again. And so it's the painting of my parents' ranch. And so I didn't tell them that it was a painting that I had painted. I didn't even tell them what the painting was of. I didn't even tell them it was a painting. I just gave them a gift. And so this is them getting that gift and their reaction to it. So just a little clip of that. So enjoy those sounds and I will be back afterwards to say goodbye. Ciao everyone. So this is an Italian tradition that I would like to share with all of you now. So, at the end of your meal, it can be lunch or dinner, in Italy we do this following process. The first thing that we have is a, a wonderful espresso that I'm going to share with all of you now, okay? So, I love to take an espresso that is uh, without any sugar, but it's just me. You can add sugar or canned sugar or what you want, okay? So, cheers with all of you, friends. 
Then I love to add a sgroppino. Sgroppino is made with lemon juice that is squeezed for many hours with special machines here in Italy. We have many wonderful things that are very natural for all of you that love wellness and well-being. And scorpion is one of the best thing ever, no? So you squeeze a lot of lemons and for this portion is like around seven lemons. Squeeze and this machine is going to just froze, freeze everything around for many hours. And then you add 50 millimeters of vodka and 200 millimeters of Prosecco. Prosecco is where we are with Nathan from a moving to Italy. So, the point is, then after this wonderful espresso, we have this wonderful sip of uh, Sgroppino. So it's so good the taste and I invite you to try it. You American or anywhere in the world, so just taste it. Mm. <laughs> the top. So then I save always a little bit of wine at the very end. And love to sip just a tiny sip of wine and this heaven on earth. So just to all of you wherever you are and welcome to Italy and uh, I'm very proud of uh, moving to Italy and welcome to all of you. Take much money. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a painting Nathan did. Nathan painted this? Yeah, Nathan Heinrich. Did you really? Do you recognize it? That's our mountains. Yes. <laughs> that's very nice, very, very nice. Good job. Thanks. Beautiful. That is really, really nice. Isn't it? I bet you it'll change under different lights. Did you, uh, did you paint this from a photograph? Yeah. That's what I thought. You saw me taking the picture, actually. Oh, wow. Probably. Hey, man, I was like, wow. Very, very nice, Nathan. Oh, my favorite peaks. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that light is completely... You, uh, you really did a great wow, job of the light, of the lighting and the... Uh... Yeah, I think so, too, Dad. Mom was a professional picture at first. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I knew right away. Oh, it's beautiful. Dad, Dad. I knew right away. <laughs> I did. I hope you enjoyed those sounds from this week and that short clip from California. Thank you so much for coming back here and joining us for episode 23. I am just so happy that you're here. And I am, as always, so grateful to hear from you. I've had some absolutely wonderful interactions with some of you this past week. Some brand new listeners that are just joining us and some listeners that are giving me feedback on different episodes that they enjoyed and just different experiences that they're having as they either prepare to move to Italy or get Italian citizenship. So any of you who have reached out to me or left a lovely review on the podcast 
I just want to thank you. I absolutely love hearing from you all, and it is my pleasure to write back to you and learn a little bit about you and what your story is and how this show fits into your plans for moving here and and how it's hopefully helping you. So thank you so much to each of you who have reached out to me. It's always such a pleasure to hear from each of you. We only have two more episodes in season one before season two begins. So I'm very excited to record these last few episodes and I'm very excited to start season two with you. So thank you again. So wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice today, I hope that you are healthy and well, and I look forward to being back here with you next week for another episode. So in the meantime, take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.